Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. This is Paul Arnold. I'm joined by Ernest Watson. This is our number 183rd podcast with Pardon the Confusion. We did some podcasts before that, but this is the real deal, just like the Tar Heels, right, Ernest? Yes, indeed. And I was, uh, listen, I enjoyed the game, to say the least. And a uh, little background music here. Uh, what is that? What are you playing? I mean, what is the, does it look like a little press button thing? Oh, yeah. It's, it's the uh, Tar Heel, uh, my little Tar Heel Ram you push to make noise. Is it picking up on it? Yeah, I heard it. Yeah. I okay. Heard it. I didn't want to play it obnoxious. I didn't want to be too obnoxious about it. Very, after a dull opening game, which, you know, Nova was operating without one of the major players. Uh, it's rare in sporting events that an event actually delivers. And there's, there's a bunch of uh, ironic numbers. Coach K's first loss was against Carolina when he was at Army. Mm-hmm. And his last loss was against Carolina. He, his last two. Yeah, last – well, no, two of his last three lost Virginia Tech also in the ACC tournament. But uh, – and he played – he, as coach of, the, of Duke, he played Carolina 100 times. And the final record was 50-50. Really? Wow. Yes. Uh, I like that statistical anomaly in that respect. But it was, uh, this is, you know, I've been watching, I watch Tar Heels all the time. And it's a team that up until end of February, there was a real doubt they'd make the tournament. Them, them and Michigan were pretty much in the same boat. But they had a little surge at the end. Uh, and the win at, at Duke for K's last home game pretty much got him off the bubble and got him out of the first four in. And uh, they've just, it's, it's, they, the missing two guys off the rotation, uh, Garcia, who's 6'11, left because there was family illness. He was a transfer from Marquette. And then Johnson, who was the first point guard off the bench. So essentially, this is from, most respects, this is the same team, uh, except for uh, Manic, who is a senior transfer. It's his fifth year from Oklahoma. This is essentially the same team that Roy uh, lost in the first round last year. They're number eight seeds. When was the last time a number eight made the finals? Uh, let me see. I think I'm, I know the last time, only one time an eight seed won. And you know that game. That, that was, was the no- Villanova beat uh, Georgetown? Georgetown, yeah. And that was without a shot clock because uh, Villanova pretty much slowed the game down and just had a – I think they shot 70% for that game. But we've had some eight seeds get in there. I think Indiana got in as an eight seed uh, when they lost to Maryland in the championship. And it seems like there's been – oh, 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 Kentucky. Uh, when Kentucky lost to UConn, they were eighth seed. And when Butler faced a UConn, uh, that was the Kimba team. Uh, UConn was eighth seed, and they won. So we had two eight seeds to win. Uh, Kentucky lost. That was against UConn. That was the Shabazz Napier team. And what but is yeah, he doing now? Shabazz is yeah. overseas. He was last. Hopefully not before. Ukraine or Russia. No, not the Ukraine. No, 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 no. But he's playing overseas. You know that when you get that kind of uh, 
fame and fortune pretty much you can you can go overseas and play as long as you want. I think McAdoo played until he was like 42 years old overseas. Yeah. Dominique did the same thing. Dominique played, he was like 44 overseas. So you get that, you know, it's that, that, that name and statue in that respect. Mm. But, you know, I've had people all year long, uh, other Carolina fans approach me during the year and go, man, when are we going to get back to the way we were? And I go like, <laughs> we're not that far away, dude. There was a lot of questioning about uh, whether or not that uh, Hubert was the right coach. I think he is. I mean, he showed the factors. You know, there's only been two African-American coaches to win the NCAA championship. Can you name them? Oh, my goodness. Well, one was Connecticut, what? right, Ollie? Although, okay, there was four, three. I forgot <laughs> about Kevin Ollie. All Kevin right, Ollie. so there's three. You got one of them. The other two, pretty well Nolan known. Richardson? Arkansas? Yes, yes, and a guy from nearby here, a guy from Rayford, North Carolina. Oh, um, gosh, not your buddy. No, 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 no. He's Native American, and he hasn't won a championship yet. Tubby Smith at Kentucky. Oh, Tubby. Tubby, Tubby. Tubby retired this year in the middle of the year. He was at High Point. And he retired so his uh, son could take the squad, but he's had some health issues. And uh, they just built a new coliseum for him there and named it after him and everything. But, uh, you know, he went to Minnesota, didn't have a lot of success afterwards. No, it's hard to do it up there, yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, Kay had not been to the Final Four since 2016. And it's... Now all he'll have five guys drafted in the first round, and, and Pablo Blanco may be the number one pick. It's between him and Smith at Auburn, and Chet Holgram from uh, Gonzaga. Well, let's stay with the game a little bit longer. Now, my wife is a good sports fan, and she was watching part of it last night, North Carolina Duke, and she said, "Boy, the officiating—they're letting them play a little bit, but it seems really evenly, like they're they're doing a good job with it." and Jim Nance kept on talking about how many turnover, you know, the lead changes, like 17, 18 lead changes. It was, I thought it was a fantastic game, but there was no defining moment that was like either controversy or one outstanding play like a Michael Jordan and the jumper. I think some of the, I mean, the, the foul situation, what hurt Duke was, was Williams and John and Williams is an excellent shot blocker. John is transfer from Marquette. Both of them, uh, John got four fouls in the first half. Right, and Williams was... picked up his fourth pretty easily. He never fouled out. And when Baycott uh, injured him, got injured, he got his ankle stepped on and then fouled out of the game because went the last minute 29 uh, without your number one rebounder and your number one scorer off, off the squad in that respect. This is a team that had to learn to play defense. And and Hubert had to shorten the bench a little bit, and you see last night, yeah, how that created a lot of issues for them. But they've had this the entire year long, and uh, he, again, you gotta look at his pedigree because not only was he coached by Dean and, and Bill Guthridge when they were at Carolina, but he played in, in New York under Pat Riley, played in Dallas under uh, uh, Don Nelson. Played under Larry Brown. I mean, he just all the the coaches, the all star coaches he's been able to coach under that respect. 
And he's been there eight years after he spent a little bit of time at ESPN. But, you know, a lot of people were worried. And who was going to take over uh, when Roy, remember Roy retired on April Fool's last year. A lot of people thought it was an April Fool's joke. But he had already mentioned uh, to Hubert Davis earlier last year, he says, now I'm getting ready to move on. I want you to, to move over. And they went through the process and there were some interviews but I think it was set up that it was going to be Hubert all along. Yeah. And it's just, the, and I'm not criticizing Kay because Kay, his record speaks for himself. But there's a, a easier way is a quiet retire and kind of move away instead of a farewell tour, you know, that, that ad nauseum. And no, I'm, I texted the group, or we have a sports group of podcasters, and I texted them that Coach Kay based on my trained medical eye, looked like he either has a bad hip or he has some balance issues. And you said, and you know, we talked about he had some balance issues earlier this yeah. year. And I Googled it. About 2000, 2003, he had the same issue. And I noticed his wife comes at the end of the game to help walk him out a little bit. Um, I think there's more to that story. I thought he handled it pretty good. Did you notice that his players didn't stick around, most of them, for the handshake? Well, they're mostly freshmen. I mean, that's not a senior-led group. And the Carolina players kind of ran the crowd the floor. The interview, I, I have no problem with that. Uh, I know there's a story going around today that uh, Hubert went and consoled uh, Mickey Krzyzewski and Coach Krzyzewski. They had a problem that somehow they set up the two locker rooms across from each other in the hallway. Yeah. So while the Carolina guys were shouting and screaming, you had this, Crestfallen because it, it was set up for a, a storybook finish. That was K beat the team that beat him in his last home game and then uh, beat the team, Kansas, that he beat for his first championship. And, uh, you know, you could say if this was written, that would have been it. And then he goes off to the sunset with his sixth championship. But as we know, sports isn't a script that is written. It kind of all changes different. And it was the difference was free throws made and free throws missed Yeah, in the last two minutes. And the Williams missed two. And that pretty much was the difference. And all year long, Caleb Love is taking a lot of shots where you go, no, no, no. Okay, good shot. Well, uh, they he, were going he has at, confidence. They were going at such a fast pace. I thought that Tar Heel's lack of bench strength was going to bite them because you know, I thought, how can they keep up this pace? And Tar Heels are not getting points off their bench. And but you know, it, it just was came down to who had the ball last and who made the free throws, like you said. But it was really, I thought, a quality game. I think uh, Grant Hill tried really hard to be neutral. Um, you know, doing the color announcing. Um, I think they did a pretty good job with that. He does a good job with that, and Billis does too. I think they're, they're both. Even though they're Duke graduates, they give credit to the other teams, and I, I think they're the foresight. You know, Bill Raffery is becoming a, a, a you know, shadow of what he used to be. He's almost falling into the clowning image. I don't care for him that much. I mean, Bill Raffery, thirty years ago, I thought brought better insights into the game. Uh, you can see that Shaq just shows up and see who's playing. Shaq doesn't do a lot of research. Kenny Smith had a hard time. Uh, not showing how he feels. Yeah, uh, he's a little overt about it in that respect. But you know, and a thing to realize, and for other Target fans like myself, is uh, 
that was the semifinal. There's there's a game on Monday night. And yeah, which brings up the point. I know you don't like the whole idea of momentum and chemistry and all that, but did they exert so much energy that you know Kansas is going to have a advantage? And Barkley's already picked Kansas to beat Tar Heels. Or did Kansas have such an easy game that that they they may start a little slow? It, it, there's it's going to be a close game, and there's a lot of matchups to walk out. Leaky Black, who's pretty much been the defensive stopper. For the entire year, he's about six seven, very rangy. You see him bring the ball up. They're going to put him on Obachi, and Okala Obachi. You know, he they were waiting for him to come out, and he did against Villanova. I mean, he's a great outside shooter. They're about the same shot. Um, you know, Leaky did a pretty good job on Al Griffin, who pretty much does the same thing for Duke in that respect. More than anything else, it's it's going to be the two centers. Uh, that's that's the difference on or, rebounding. Yeah, or it's going to be turnovers. I thought North Carolina did some really poor turnovers in the second half. I thought, uh oh, and they they were able to pull it out, but a few times they got a little sloppy with the ball. Oh yeah, they overpass. Uh, sometimes they come down just shoot the ball, but I think again, Baycott and and McCormick is going to make a big difference. Which one of those two gets in foul trouble? McCormick is a little bit bigger than Baycott, but he's not the offensive player. He's more of a bruiser. Baycott has a little finesse to his game and passes pretty well. They're both great block, but they they both block shots fairly well. And they're great offensive rebounders. So who's your favorite so player gets, on this team, though? Oh wow, who's my favorite player? It probably is Leaky Black or R.J. Davis. Yeah, they're kind of the lower. The, the guys do the dirty work. Leaky really does that. Now, it scares me when he shoots because he probably throws up his brick. R.J. Davis, I think, gets uh, not as much credit because of Caleb Love. Caleb Love was a McDonald's All-American, and Caleb Love actually wanted to go to Duke. He uh, was coaching AAU ball by uh, um, Jason Tatum's father. We're all from St. Louis. Mm. And... Uh, he wasn't offered a scholarship. I mean, Kay came and visited him, and they went and took uh, one of the other uh, Keels who you saw come off the bench. They took uh, Keels instead of him. And so I think that's what got him motivated a little bit, and, and they lost. He did not play very well in the Duke-Carolina games last year. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, in foul trouble for Carolina, turnovers for Carolina, who gets the offensive rebounding, uh, Again, you don't ever know what Monday night, but this is Carolina's been a team that has been blown out this year and had been able to come in the next game and, and forget about it. Uh, them being spent too much on Saturday night's game, I don't, I'm not that concerned about that. I'm more concerned about Abachi shooting and, 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 and again, McCormick and some of the other kids they got in there. They got some, they've got some height. And they play as a team. They're more of a senior team. I think in the tournament, you pretty much see guys who have played together for a long period of time. There's a trust factor. Again, Duke's had the most talent all year. You always say about guards. Who's got the better guards in this matchup? Well, you know, all year long, we haven't seen both Carolina's guards have a good game at one time. Caleb Love's had a good one. R.J. Davis has had a good one. Either one, you know, R.J. Davis kept 
kept them in the game in the first half. And then Caleb Love took over in the second half. I, we haven't had a game all year where both of them have played well. Hopefully this is the last chance for it because this is going to be Baycott and, and Love's last game. They're going pro. How There's does it no doubt feel to be, have root, your team that you root for has won seven or is it eight national championships? I mean, how does that seven. feel? They've won seven. I'm waiting for the eight. I'd like, does, I'd like this to be the eight. Uh, incredibly lucky. You know how uh, I'm thinking about this earlier this week. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, probably six years old, someone got me a model kit. It was Johnny Unitas. And because I got that, I was a Unitas fan. But I didn't realize he was the quarterback at that time. And when you're, when you're a kid and you usually root for a team either geographically based or it's a team that your father roots for, you got your older brother, you don't really take on the enormity of how good they were. Now, I realized when I started rooting for Carolina, Dean had just started taking them to the Final Four. They only had one championship. But, uh, you know, you don't – when you root for a team like that and, – and the problem is when people – root for teams like that, the first thing people say is, you know, you just, you're just a front runner in that respect. You know, I know a lot of Dallas Cowboys and Laker fans, a lot fewer Laker fans these days, but those guys <laughs> became fans when they were good. You know, I was, uh, when Matt Doherty was coaching us and we weren't doing well, I was a fan when Roy had a bad year three years ago. Uh, it's, it's just, nice to have a team that's always competitive and and again if they lose monday night this was a great season yeah i mean we're we're back we're back where we should have been the last couple of years it's been virginia virginia had won two straight acc championships uh actually three because we had the shortened year and you know Duke's always Duke, but there've been other teams who's been successful, and we've not been the, the kind of dominant team. And a lot of that was recruiting. A lot of that was a change in style because Roy Williams was stuck on the uh, uh, two posts, uh, man down low, man at the free throw line, run all the passes off that. And you know uh, Hubert pretty much runs the same offense that you see with Golden State. There are four guys outside the three-point line, and you have a postman at the top of the free-throw line at the either one of the elbows. And everything is either screen and roll or push inside and pop it outside for a three-pointer. And so that's where the games run these days. What did you do to celebrate last night when your tire heels won? Well, irony enough, I was at my son's house, my youngest son, who's a bigger fan than me, and he invited his in-laws who came in with the Duke shirts. Oh, and their, oh Duke jerseys. Yeah, and, and my son had prepared me ahead of time. He said, now, <laughs> now behave yourself. I said, You're telling me to behave myself. <laughs> and uh, we were both respectful. I do think you know, I leaned over the last minute to my daughter-in-law, Lauren, and I have the, the little the little watch that takes all your vitals and everything. Uh-huh. What are they called here? What have I got on my I arm? Watch, that, yeah, yeah. I leaned over and showed her my pulse, which was 124. Uh-huh. So, but the blood pressure was okay. But yeah, I had to be respectful. We had to. And uh, they, they left. They didn't say a word. They got up... Uh, when they missed the last shot with seven seconds to go, they just picked up left and say bye. 
They didn't even and say goodbye, huh? No, no. And we, I probably would have done the same thing in that respect. But we were respectful. Uh, I can't say my son was, but yes. Well, I the was. question is, what the, is the grandsons? Who are the grandsons going to root for? Uh, he was rooting for Carolina until his bedtime. He got to stay up late to see it. <laughs> nice. He won't remember it, but he got to stay him and his two buddies. So yeah. we had a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a three-year-old running around during the game. That's <laughs> that's concentration in that respect. And then that yesterday was my uh, uh, was a uh, Rhett his third birthday. So all day was a birthday party for him. And then we watched the game. There you go. So it, it was, a, as, uh, as they say, it was a good day in that respect. Tar Hill blue is the best blue. It's the, it's yes, the color the sky of the sky. Blue. You see the commercial. Yeah. You yes. see the commercial. Yeah. You Don't go with those other blues. They show it 30, uh, times in case you missed it. The other 2,900 times. So that in the, uh, what's the, the, uh, the, uh, Phone commercials. The, oh, uh, yeah. The Lily commercials. Not Lily. Lily's replacements and yeah, all that. Yeah. All with uh, LaBello in one and all those. Yeah, they do kind of run the commercials in the ground for most of them. So, respect. prediction for tomorrow night is North Carolina by three? Oh, wow. I don't believe in jinxing it. Uh, <laughs> I'll say it. The, North Carolina by the three. Team, the team that gets the most rebounds wins. Oh, wow. Okay. Team that gets the most rebounds. I mean, this, these games are incredibly close. Yeah, you could change. I mean, again, uh, Kansas is their number one seed. And I think they pretty much, now I know everybody else kind of discounted them as a number one seed. I did Baylor because I knew the injuries. And, and Kansas has had some rough times. Now, I have been a little rough on the Kansas coach. For some of the questionable things have been done, but you know we know justice is not served in this world. It, it's a good year, uh, either way. I mean that's it. We're we're back, and I think uh, we're not getting the big recruits. But when, when Shire, I guess Shire officially is the coach now for Duke. I think Shire and Hubert will keep the tradition. I mean Carolina is is beyond one coach, whether it was Dean Roy Guthridge. Or, 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 or Hubert. I think Duke is more associated with K as being the, the savior of the basketball program, but Bill Foster took him to the Final Four in 78 against Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So there's been, and Vic Bubis is a name that no one remembers, but Vic Bubis is really the father of Duke basketball. So I think the programs will continue. It's, it's, I do find it fascinating college basketball. The guys are returning back, becoming coaches at the, their alma maters. Not working out for Pat Ewing at Georgetown, but you you know that with with uh, John uh, Howard, then Howard there, in Indiana Michigan. with Mike Woodson. Yeah, I think that it, it sets up a different. Penny Hardaway, I'm not so certain that's going to work out. So. Yeah, that's not going to last long. I wouldn't be surprised to see Penny gone. Penny Penny may wind up being a pro coach. How about I Bill Walton go back to UCLA? To no, 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 I can't <laughs> see what For one thing, he'd always outlast the timeouts going on some rant to his team. Yeah. yeah. And talking about uh, Geronimo or something else. No, he's he's found his niche. No, I can't see him going back. In that. But it is good to have someone like that. Again, it sets up, if you ever have to get rid of him like we did Matt Doherty, 
you know, Matt's come back to realize what the things he's done wrong. Actually, he's written a book about that. And he's he's kind of covered back on what he's saying, but it's uh, I don't think anybody picked these two teams to be the final. Somebody had this in their bracket. They're either a died in the wood Carolina fan, or they were just lucky in that respect. Well, you are such a good prognosticator. Yet the other week we had a podcast, and I said that Holloway would leave St. Peter's cash in. And he said, no, 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 he just got there. <clears throat> Check the record. I said that, yeah. and he accepted the Seton Hall position this week. And not only that, did you notice his players from St. Peter's went to the press conference and gave him the standing applause? Nice, nice, very nice. And they, they, they recognize now whether they'll be successful, uh, I don't know, because the, the last successful Seton Hall coach was P.J. Carlissimo. <laughs> who, who did the they, radio broadcast last night for the game. And you know who PJ went to Final Four in Seattle? Who did he lose to? Uh, Latrell Spears, pretty well. No, 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 no. <laughs> Ramil Robinson. It's a joke. I know. I know. There's well, a famous I, choking incident, folks. If you don't know, he wouldn't choke on that. I won't choke on that. Ramil, <laughs> former Charlotte Hornet, Ramil Robinson's free throw yeah. in overtime. Yeah. The Glenn Rice, the Glenn Rice Final Four. Uh huh. Yes. I remember I'm that. I'm, yeah. I'm giving you a Michigan. I was giving yeah. you a ball from Michigan. Ball. On that. Yeah. And you had to go for the cheap laugh. You had to go for the... the hey, it's... you can't be the only one that does it all the time. I know, I know, I know. I'm being good this It's year. an old Bye. reference, folks. Sorry about that. This is a podcast, but this is sort of a taste of our phone conversations uh, anyway, too. Um, Some of our listeners may not remember that whole incident. I know. And, and they tried to suspend him for the year, the NBA... Sprewell went in court and actually had this year-long suspension overthrown. The other thing was when uh, Sprewell was offered a $10 million contract by the Milwaukee Bucks, Mm -hmm. and he turned it down and said, man, i got to have enough money to feed my kids. Mm -hmm. And because he didn't sign, he had to give up his luxury boat. Oh, my. That That was the period after Michael left in the NBA. And that was kind of a rough period. It was very physical basketball with the, the Knicks and everything. And that kind of lost a little bit of luster until LeBron LeBron came in and mm-hmm. kind of pumped things. And, and Kobe, both of them. I give them both credit for bringing the NBA up to where it is now. All right. So besides, you know, basketball, college basketball, soon to be over tomorrow night. And then right. baseball is starting up. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, um, soccer is wrapping up. Premier Soccer League, go red. We want Liverpool to win. But uh, what's your preference now? What are you going to be watching first? Do you have a priority uh, list? Wow. Uh, well, you know, it's a lot of how your team is doing. The uh, Hornets are locked into the play-in tournament. And right now, they'll have the Nets at home. And it continues the way it is. Um, Hurricanes probably won't get the President's Cup, but they're going to win their division. They'll probably face the Capitals in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just got an MLS soccer team here started. USFL is starting, and and my Braves. Uh, on Thursday, they'll be awarded their uh, World Series rings. They're playing the Reds, and only that every I don't know if you are aware of this. 
but every year the team that wins the World Series wears a special uniform where the uniform is outlaid in gold and their hat is outlaid in gold. So they'll get to wear the special gold uniforms on Thursdays to get their World Series. Can you buy a, a replica hat of that? Yeah. But I got to slow down. <laughs> got to, you know, baseball this year, we got a new team play. A new team playing. Yeah. Team with a new name. Oh, yeah. The Guardians. Yes. They were showing at the entrance. Cleveland Guardians. Spring training. That all they did was knock out the first three letters of the name. Because you could tell it was different. Uh, shading on the color when they put Guardians. They just knocked out the I and the N of the Indians and put the G-R-D. <laughs> and it's cheaper. They did that in the uniform, too, a little bit in that respect. But it's going to be an interesting year. You got an extra playoff team this year. Uh, they're waiting a year before they get rid of the shift. And when they do that in 2023, the infield will have to stay on the dirt and two on each side. And I think that will revolutionarily change the game. But they're also looking to, uh, again, speed it up. All the teams will have DHs. You will not see any more pitchers bat unless they're playing for the Anaheim Angels. <laughs> Satani. Yes. And uh, they'll start the uh, extra innings with a guy on second base. But this, you know... Until they handle the time factor, baseball's just going to be sliding, sliding in interest. I mean, right now, NFL, NBA, college football, baseball, then I'd give college basketball and hockey. Maybe they're kind of like tied in that respect. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, we every year we come up with these new solutions for, for, but I think generational, as I ride around, and we've talked about this in the past, I don't see as many youth teams. I think baseball has gone the route with these AAU teams and the high fees to, to pay in those leagues. It, it's kind of like juniors hockey. I think it eliminates a lot of lower-income people from participating. I think that's the root of what we see in baseball. Mm-hmm. And again, we said this before, I think, the new dynamics of family to play baseball, you have to have a father or a father figure basketball. You can go out there and dribble anytime by yourself. Football, you get some bunch of other kids in the neighborhood. Well, yeah. Baseball. If you have other kids in the neighborhood, you can play. You don't necessarily have to have a father at home, but it does help. But I mean, we always play at the end of the street and we play pick up baseball and you're right. It's so much different, but um, yeah. But I mean, you, play, you played toss with your dad. I did. Yeah. And your dad showed you how to throw a curveball, throw a fastball. No, no, no. He didn't want me to ruin my yeah. arm too soon. Okay. Do you wait till you're older and you're able to do it? Uh, I already proved my inability to throw a strike, so he gave up on that. Oh, okay. So I was a little right. wild. Just a little bit outside. Yeah, okay. it keeps, keeps the batter from you know, <laughs> digging in, right? Box. Yeah, you won't dig in if that yeah. happens. Yeah. So, NBA. Should the t- Lakers tank? Should they just say, we don't even want the play-in? Let's just give it up this year, get a better maybe draft pick, and let Russell Westbrook be free. That depends. Is LeBron going to be there next year? 
Yes, he loves L.A. He's going to hang on until Bronny can be there. Yeah, but, you know, if I was a team, I'd probably take Bronny pretty high just to, you know, get whatever you want from from the – I mean, does he have to be there? The big rumor all year long is him returning to Cleveland again. No, he, he likes making those back. movies. He's a production guy now. Yeah, but Shaq, Shaq and uh, Curry got an Oscar. I know. That's so wild, isn't it? <laughs> That was the second wildest thing on Oscar yeah, night. I wonder if we were going to get there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors. Uh-huh. We don't need to go there. So. See, I was actually watching uh, the Hornets play the Nets. It was an important playoff game. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so I didn't see the slap live. And, uh, of course, it was all over creation. And uh, it it... it it seems like Chris Rock wanted the situation. And I admire his control because he didn't run away. He stood there and took it. And I thought the joke wasn't that hard. I mean, I, I, my son, when he was youngest, Jordan had alopecia. And they have medication for it. There is treatment for it. But I'm just, do you think this will ruin Will Smith's career? No, I think the redemption. You know who's going to come in and help save the day? Oprah. Denzel? Oprah, Oprah Denzel. Oprah and you Denzel the- will ride in and save the day. There'll be some repentance in a TV show, and in a couple of years, it'll be okay. But yeah, I didn't see it live. But it looked, when I saw the pictures of it, it looked like something out of a comic book. You know, like the big exaggerated arm extension and the head going back and everything. Um, but people have a lot of opinions on that. And um, we had a little controversy up here, but not as much as that. Um, we had our U of M spring game on Saturday here, and Colin Kaepernick was the honorary captain for it. And I was thinking, why are they doing an honorary captain for a spring day? And then it became clear that Harbaugh wanted to give him uh ability to throw the ball for the pro scouts because he still wants to play NFL. But even though he threw the ball pretty well, how likely is a guy who's been out this long and with that much um, history behind him going to get a shot at, at playing the NFL? He won't. They won't after this long. And for those of you are listening or too young to remember, uh, he was Harbaugh's quarterback for the 49ers. Went all so the way to the Super the Bowls. Reason. Yeah, went all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, that went dark for about 30 minutes when the power bill yeah. wasn't paid. Yeah, you know, still old money after Katrina, but I know he's not going to be picked up. If you look at some of the guys now, I mean, I'm not going to harp on the Cleveland situation, but but no, he's not going to get a shot now. He might have if if he had played in the various spring leagues, which have spotted up the last couple of years. Like, I mean, there's difference. I could get out there and still throw 40 yards. I'm 65 years old. No one's going to sign me. There's difference when you got people rushing you. You got to read defenses and all that. Uh, you know, with scouting, we kind of overrate how far they can throw, what the hand size was. But there were guys who were lower draft picks who were able to read defenses and, and get it where it needs to be gotten. So I, I don't know. That was. That was nice PR, and it was a nice job by Harbaugh to do that. 
but yeah. no, he's not going to eat chances. If you look at some of the talent that's out there now is signed, you know that, that if he was an alternative, he'd been picked up some time ago. Right. Well, one of the controversial lines this week from Chris Long, who used to play uh, defensive line for different teams and son of Howie, he's now working with ESPN, and he said some of the magic has gone from Russ Wilson. And I thought, is that just a hot take because you just got a job and you want to establish yourself as a color analyst, or is that reality? Do you think Russell Wilson's lost a step or two? I don't know if he has the elusiveness that he used to have. I think the arm strength. I mean, he does throw a, a pretty deep ball. Of course, now his, his, he's been a, playing behind a sieve of uh, offensive line for the last five years. They got a pretty good old line at Denver. They're just in a rough division. So I, I, you know, I, who's going to know until you see what he plays with this team? I haven't seen the decline of talent. He was injured most of the year, but I didn't see arm strength. So Again, it, he's getting older. I don't know if he's going to be able to elude the rush like he did. May not have to, but no, I, I, I don't see. I mean, there are a lot of other quarterbacks that I kind of question at this point. He's not one of them. Well, in the old days, we had one source of sporting news all the time, ESPN. But now there's so much out there. So, Mr. Expert Sports Podcaster, where do you go? Where, who's your go-to first two places you hit on the Internet for sports information? Well, because I'm 65 years old, it's ESPN SI. Oh, Sports uh, Illustrated still? Yeah, yeah, yeah still, still. You think Sports Illustrated will be around in 10 years? Even in format, not as a not as a magazine. It may be a completely digital. That's what happened to Sporting News. Sporting News went completely digital about twenty years ago, and they too. I mean, there was a time when I used to get my sport, my Sports Illustrated, and my Sporting News every Friday, and then uh, they pretty much dried up. I think it'll be a digital format. There's so much as digital. I mean, I'm still getting over when I go to sporting events like the Hornets games, the Hurricanes games, or the Tar Heels games. I don't have programs anymore. Everything's digital. <laughs> you go on your phone, and that's the program. And yeah. I used to. I've collected a lot of old programs because, quite frankly, I forget some of the players that I've seen play, and I enjoy looking at the rosters and everything. But now it's all again, old man's lament. It's all digital in that respect. I don't get to see that. As, as again, I have to adjust to the times. So I have I have very few books and magazines. So I've you don't lately. you don't go to C- CBS or Fox Sports online, or do you go no, to Bleacher Report uh, or? Well, Fox, you're going to see those uh, two brained donkeys that show up in the morning, on the first, <laughs> uh, which I have no respect for either one of them. There tends to be. Uh, there's some good people on sport uh, on, uh, on Fox, but all in all, I, you know, they tend to be the loudest voice. And I tend to avoid those type. I mean, ESPN has got a few like that also. I, I don't like Greeny. I don't particularly like, uh, Stephen, a. Um, Stephen, a. I mean, they just scream. They don't come with pertinent information, but there are people on there. I do respect like Billis. Um, that reminds us, uh, while we've been doing this, one of the voices on ESPN passed away. He was only two years older than me. Um, John, what's his name? Used to be, he's out of Seattle. Yeah, yeah. He, very he did, young. 
he was the NFL reporter out of Seattle, and he was one of the first insider type guys. And there's a great commercial for SportsCenter with him, like he's in his mom's basement doing the broadcast and, uh, and grunge me doing grunge music yeah. and rocking out. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's he had a face uh, for radio. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, so do we, but yeah, yeah, I was gonna say we have a face for podcast in that respect. But yeah, those are the ones I usually go to. I mean, it, it's kind of like every, it's kind of reflective of news. You know, when you go and pick up the world's news, it's usually delivered with uh, a particular slant or a particular, you know, ESPN did very little hockey until they got the contract. And now you're getting some hockey news from them. But before then, they pushed the NBA and NFL because that's the two biggest contracts they signed to show. And so you have to be careful. A lot of sports news is, is it generated for ratings for you to watch their live events or is it definitely news that you need to get? And then you have like the NBC sports that went away just cause it wasn't making them enough money compared to what they could do with Peacock or whatever other options. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of CBS uh, sports too. They, they tend to be a little, you know, Give me my, and again, the teams themselves are going to give you basically promoting themselves. So I need something that's objective, but but not pushing. Your, and, your favorite all time ESPN personality? Oh wow, wow! My favorite. It's easy all-time? for me. It's easy. That's Kornheiser. Uh, it's Dan Patrick for me. It's Kornheiser for me. Because I'm a bitter old man like he is. (laughs) No, we have a lot of viewpoints, a lot of interests, and I listen to his podcast when I'm not listening to ours. Oh, yes. We haven't ripped off the name at all. No, no, no. And I I genuinely think the friendship between him and Wilbon is, is as genuine as can be. I don't think there's anything artificial to it. And I don't always agree with everything he does, but uh, yeah, Kornheiser. Berman to become a character of himself. Yeah, he, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he's. I mean, he was he got to the idea of just cute names, and and uh, Van Pelt. I like Van Pelt. He tends to be a voice of of, of reason on there. Uh, Greeny, I can't stand because he's everywhere, and it's <laughs> just New York, New York. Everything's New York. I mean, good. There is another part of the country, I mean, beyond the Mets and the Jets. So I don't and, – and him being on the NBA pregame is, is just – he anchors it down. He really does. I, I don't know why he has – he must obviously know where the bodies are buried. That's all I can tell. <laughs> well, speaking of bodies buried, uh, let's talk about some entertainment that's not on sports because we try to give you a little culture here. And people love mysteries and they love um, law and order type stuff. But what are you watching this week? Well, I did watch a movie that you watched, uh, Death on the Nile, which is a remake. No, I didn't see that. You didn't see no, it? No, I went to see Lost City instead. I'll give you a review oh, of that. Okay. Um, Death on the Nile, of course, is a remake. Uh, uh, Agatha Christie, Hercule Poirot, which is a Belgian. And this gives a little backstory of why he grew his mustache and how he lost the love of his life. But it's straightforward. It's pretty easy to figure out. Great scenery in that respect. Uh, 
again, a lot of characters playing against type. Uh, it was it was like it was okay. It wasn't as good as the first one. Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, that one was much much more superior. But sequels really are in that respect. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I it was it was a nice Sunday afternoon type of movie. I wouldn't pay to go see yeah. it. It's, it's streaming now. Yeah. So it's on Hulu and it's on HBO Plus if you want to watch it and you got nothing to do and you Tuesday night after the NCAA championships you have nothing to watch. Take a look at it. It's not that bad. A little movie so I, I, I yeah. actually have two reviews for you today. All right. Fire away. Usually you're the man. Yes. But I went to see the movie Lost City with uh, Tatum Channing or Channing Tatum, sorry, Chan- Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. Total fun, not too serious, lightweight, but just a really good, like, if you don't want to think about things. It was fun. I wouldn't say it was the best thing she's ever done, but they, it was very serviceable, and Brad Pitt steals the movie. He absolutely steals it. So funny. But not, uh, not Harry Potter? He doesn't as Oh, yeah, Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe's in as the bad guy, but it's sort of like, you know he's not really a bad guy, but he's just a misguided, you know, it was funny. So it was a good, we saw it on our anniversary, so it was a good sort of fun day-type movie. So I'd give it a thumbs up. The other one I saw that I'm curious if you've seen yet is Moon Knight, which is on Disney+. Plus. It's the new Marvel character, which I'll set it up really briefly. Uh, Isaac, um, Oscar Oscar Isaac, Isaac, who's famous for playing in Star Wars recently and other things. He is a guy with split personality and... On one hand, he's this really inept British dude. On the other hand, he's this amazing uh, mercenary that is tapped into uh, Egyptian uh, god world. I'll just put it that way, in the moon cycle. And I watched the first episode, and I was so tired of it, jumping back and forth and not giving me more. They teased it way too long, if you ask me, in that first episode, and I got a little worn out from it. But I do think Ethan Hawke plays a great villain in it. Have you seen it? Yes, I did. I did see it. Uh, you got a little background, and actually, they don't call it split personality anymore. It's called disassociative personality disorder. And usually, individuals don't recognize when they fit into the other personality, or you know, used to call it multiple personality disorder. It's not that either. Uh, you got another little background. You know, Oscar Isaac, who got started with a Cohen Films movie, playing a 50s uh, folk singer, is actually from Guatemala. His uh, father was Cuban. His mother was a Guatemalan. And uh, he, he says people keep confusing him, thinking, but he moved over here very early. So he has. He can play any nationality, like Tony Schroeb. He could just. Yeah. Yeah, but he's more handsome than Shalhoub now. I was, <laughs> was going to say, he's, the women women really love him in that respect. But, uh, you know, you've got to know a little bit about the characters. One of the minor Marvel characters, which is what Disney and Marvel Studios are trying to do. So you're going to have Ms. Marvel come up next. and They're doing all these, I guess they're running out of uh, how can we meet. And sympathize and monetize all these characters. I thought it was a good opening. It leaves your questionings opening. It's only six episodes, so they're really going to have to get on the 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 the, the uh, speed of it that much. It felt like you know, a I, movie, though. I mean, the quality of the special effects well, yeah. and the timing and the scenery all felt like you went to a Marvel movie in the theater. 
That's that's kind of like what they've done with Picard uh, season two, which has started streaming. It's on its third week, and it's you know you know what Star Trek does always is the time travel. This is a time travel whole episode in that respect because he wakes up from a Borg attack and he is uh, this totalitarian leader of present day with statues of Picard everywhere <laughs> with the idea of uh, all aliens must die. Oh. And they have to go back in time to change it. Yeah, it's a temp- over attempt at political humor in that respect. I mm-hmm. hate to say that. Mm-hmm. But, so the uh, so what do you have any other reviews before this wrap this up? Uh that's pretty much it. I'm gonna go out and see uh, Morbius sometime this week. Oh yeah, Jared Leto. Yeah, yeah. Leto has a different accent for every movie he, he does. He is amazing. He has such range. Yeah, yeah. I didn't care for his Joker that much, but but uh, they actually have. If you can go on YouTube, you can see they had a scene with the Joker, kind of a interrogation scene, kind of like uh, out of uh, you know, kind of like Batman: uh, The Dark Knight uh, between mm-hmm. Joker and uh, Batman. Joker's done by Barry Kao, who was one of the characters in The Eternals. And it was actually a pretty good... I know I showed it to my grandson. I said, why'd they pull this out? It's pretty good. Because the movie was three hours long, son. They had to cut something. (laughs) Which that will be streaming on HBO Max on April 16th. Yeah. So if you haven't had a chance to go to theater and see... It's amazing how now it used to be uh, the DVDs would come out and about a month later you could stream it. And like uh, Murder on the Nile came out and streaming on the same time, uh, DVD and that. And there have been several other movies like that, too, have come out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, uh, it's, I guess they're speeding up the process. Right. People aren't going to theaters. Right. Well, that wraps it up, Ernest. We've, I'm glad you're in a oh, good mood. last the... minute. Can I tell you real quick two last-minute things? All right, the 30 seconds. Click 30 click. seconds. Uh, we all feel bad for Bruce Willis having to retire. Mm-hmm. Suffering from aphasia is truly a tragedy. I think he's one of the underrated actors. I think he leaned out of just being an action hero and the sixth sense and nobody's fool. He was able to branch out. And it's again, he's only two years older than me. It's, it's really a tragedy and shout out to Biombo, Biaco, uh, Biombo, the center for the Phoenix suns. He's giving his whole salary this year to building a hospital in his native Sudan. Wow. Very cool. Yeah, and I have a good friend who has aphasia, and their mind works pretty good. It's just they can't find the words or how to say it still, but it's still in there, so it's incredibly tough, and I've always really enjoyed Bruce Willis's acting. Um, So, thanks, Ernest. This is Paul Arnold for Pardon the Confusion. Keep saying if you want to email us, you can, and we will actually respond. So it's gobluearnold at gmail.com. And Ernest, go Tar Heels. Yes, sir.